Good morning, Life Church. Morning. How are you going? Come on, we can do better than that, people. Your masks are not soundproof. How are you doing this morning? Come on, there's still some life in the room. It's great to be joining with you today. It's great to have some friends here in the room. And of course, welcome to those of you over in the chapel and everyone else joining online. We know that the Holy Spirit moves when we gather together. We know the Holy Spirit is with us wherever we go. And so as Cal said, we can still carry hope. And as Carl's already mentioned, you know, this, it, it's different, but it feels the same a little bit, doesn't it? Life at red, it can still feel a little bit the same. It could be easy to get discouraged right now. But if you'll allow me just to be cheesy for a moment, if you'll let me be corny, you know, God's light is always green. God's light is always green. Nothing will stop him and his plans from working out in this world and in your life. This will not stop him moving in your life. This will not stop the power of your prayers because he is building his church and nothing will hinder that. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is faithful and he is with us. And we will navigate the season together as we have every other with the grace and wisdom that our Lord so generously gives. Amen? Amen. So I hope that you've been able to enjoy a well-deserved break over the Christmas and New Year's period, that you had a chance to, to get away, to slow down for a little bit, enjoy some of the sunshine, spend some time with friends and family, and just have a good rest. Because you know, resting is biblical. Resting is biblical. When God created the heavens and the earth, it says on the seventh day, he rested. So for me, I think that gives me license. When I'm sitting on the couch with my chips and dip and having a good rest, I can feel pretty godly. We are wired to rest. We need rest. We're wired to work too. And I know that might come as a disappointment for some to hear, but we are actually designed to work. When God placed Adam and Eve in the garden, he instructed them to tend to it, to look after it. And his command to them was to be fruitful and multiply. And the term fruitful there isn't just referring to having sons and daughters. It's saying bear fruit through the work of your hands. Be productive. Be created. Don't just sit around and do nothing, but go out and learn and discover all there is to know about this world I've created for you. I've given you skills, talents, senses, muscles, the ability to think and learn. Go out and use them. Like I remember when I was a teenager, in the weekends, I used to be able to stay in bed nearly all day. Like I could stay in bed until the middle of the afternoon, and it was awesome. But I know if I was to do that now, it wouldn't be resting at all. It would, I would feel terrible in the end. Now if I'm still in bed at about eight o'clock, I'm starting to get restless. I need to get up and be productive. It's because we're designed to work. God hasn't given us these bodies. He hasn't equipped you uniquely with gifts and talents for them just to sit around and do nothing all day. We're designed to work, but we are also designed to rest. But we know, don't we, that we are more than just flesh and blood. These muscles and bones are not the only things that make us up. We are spiritual 
as much as we are physical. And just as much as we need to rest our physical being, we also need to rest our spiritual being. Physical rest is good, but it will only take you so far. And you might have experienced this when you take a break or you you have a holiday and it's great, but then you come back and you get into the routine of life again and quickly you are just as tired as you were before. This often happens when we don't refresh our spirit. We need spiritual refreshing if we're to truly engage in what God is doing. But the way we rest spiritually is quite different to how we rest physically. And with our bodies, we can sit down and relax. We can do nothing to give our muscles a chance to calm down. We go to sleep each night so that our bodies can shut down and have time to do some maintenance. It's not the same with your spirit. You can't just shut down your spirit and expect it to come back rested. You can't put your spirit to sleep hoping it will get some rest and some maintenance. If you put your spirit to sleep, if you stop engaging with your spirit and in your faith, the result isn't rest, the result is atrophy. It's detrimental. Spiritual rest is an act of rest. And Jesus says in Matthew 11, come to me, all you who are weary, and I will give you rest. Come to me, those of you who are weary, those of you who carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. He didn't say, come to Netflix, and it will give you rest. He didn't say, come to the fridge, and it will give you rest. Those things are great, but they don't refresh your spirit. We have to come to Jesus, and he will rest us. He is the source of our rest and our strength and our refreshing, the one who will carry our burdens, but we have to come to him. We have to spend time with him. Reading the word, meditating on it and allowing it to speak. Time in prayer, even just five minutes a day can do wonderful things for your soul. Listening to worship music in the car, singing out and declaring things over your situations. You know, I took a morning recently just to go for a walk along the beach and spend time with Jesus. There was no agenda. There wasn't anything in particular that I wanted to ask him for. I simply just wanted to spend time with him and refresh my spirit. And I probably looked like a crazy person because I I haven't quite mastered the art of praying in my head without getting distracted. So I tend to pray out loud so that I can pray and keep my my train of thought going. You know, I'm not belting it out, but just loud enough so that I can hear myself. And so I'm walking down New Brighton Beach in the morning, and there's plenty of other people around. There's other people walking. They're walking their dogs. There's people out surfing. And I'm just strolling out there, kind of talking to Jesus out loud. You know, and there'll be a few people that I can see them approaching. So I sort of slow my voice down to a murmur so that I can't hear. But then there's a few times where I forget to do that. And I'm just carrying on talking to myself, and I can sort of see people too late as they give me the side eye as they walk by. But it doesn't matter because I'm spending time with my Savior. And afterwards, sure, my physical body had put in some work, but my soul was refreshed. And having a good routine of resting your spirit is what will give you the strength to play the long game. Following Jesus is a lifelong journey. We get the privilege of walking with him every day for the rest of our lives. 
allowing him to transform us from the inside out. And he wants you to go the distance, to run your race to the finish. And in times that we're in right now, where things are constantly changing, all this noise about various things happening around the world, those things can tire out our spirit. And so I wanna encourage you to make sure this year you have a good routine where your spirit can regularly be refreshed. Because when your spirit is rested, when you are refreshed in your innermost being, when you spend time with Jesus, it gives you a fresh perspective on what is happening around you. And that's what I wanna talk about this morning, is living with a different perspective. As believers, we know there is more to life than what we can just see and, and interact with with our senses. We know there is a bigger picture at play. And you don't have to live with the same perspective as the world around you has. Through Christ, you have hope, you have joy, you have peace, you have strength, you have confidence that God is in control. That is your perspective. As 2 Corinthians 4.18 tells us, so we don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on the things that cannot be seen. For the things we see now will soon be gone, but the things we cannot see will last forever. Now you might go, Jono, how do I fix my gaze on something that is unseen? How do I keep my focus on something that I can't even see? Well, let me give you an example. Right now, I could focus on the current COVID situation in our country. Could focus on the fact that we're in the red light setting with all the various changes and challenges that that might bring. That is something that I can see. Or I can choose to focus on the reality that God is ultimately still in control. And that he has never stopped working in my life, has never stopped working in your life. He is still on the throne. Regardless of our plans and the way that we see life, this did not come as a surprise to God. He is the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. I could focus on a mistake I made last week and how it's bringing me down, it's attacking my insecurities again, making me feel like I'm not good enough or I could focus on the truth that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, that I am a loved child of God, that I have the Holy Spirit with me continually working in and through my life, that God's mercies are new every morning. I could focus on the moral decline around the world, the constant news articles of violence and other terrible things that are taking place. I could allow that to weigh me down and fall into the trap of hopelessness or I could focus on what Julia preached about here last week, that we have a great hope for humanity. That despite our mess and our brokenness, God is still at work, reconciling people to himself. I can focus on the hope that I have in Jesus and I can let that shine out through my life. I focus on what is unseen rather than what my circumstances might tell me. Perspective doesn't mean that we're not aware of the things going on. Living with a different perspective doesn't mean I close my eyes and I bury my head in the sand and I'm just completely oblivious to what's happening around me. Living with a different perspective means I can see those situations but through the lens of God's grace, 
through the lens of the gospel. And as we begin a new year, we get stuck into the old and new routines of life. I want to ask you a question this morning. What's your perspective when it comes to the people in your life who don't yet know Jesus? Can he reach them? Or are they too lost for God to move? One of the great things Jesus has done for us is he has given us a fresh perspective on how much God loves this world. He showed us the lengths God is willing to go in order to reconcile people back to him. That he loves people so much, not just some people, but even people like you and I. He loves us so much that he would sacrifice his son on the cross, take the punishment that we deserve so that we could spend eternity with him. That was a perspective that we didn't have before Jesus. But through Christ, we now have that perspective. And now when we look at the world, when we look at people, our friends, family members, co-workers, politicians, the people making our coffee and bringing food to our table, strangers on the street, no longer are they just another person. They are a person that Jesus died for a person God loves, a person that he wants to have relationship with and to spend eternity with. That is the perspective that we as the church should live with. As Paul the Apostle puts it in 1 Corinthians, we as the church are to be of one mind, united in thought and purpose, Or in other words, we are all focused on the same goal, that we live with a shared perspective. That is the church, we are to be of one mind, united in thought and purpose, our purpose being Matthew 28, 19, to go into the world, to make disciples, baptizing them, raising them, equipping them, and then releasing them. That is the mission that we are all engaged in. That is the perspective that we go through life with. When I used to think about that verse, the Great Commission, I used to feel like it was too big for me. Oh, that's way too big. I can't reach the world. That's far too big of a task for me. And the thing is, that's true. I can't reach the world. That's not feasible. But I can start with one person. I can start with one person. And through that one person, that might open the door to their partner or their family. Might open the door to their co-workers, their friends, and then their family, and so on. It starts with one person. And I want to encourage us this year to ask God for one person we can be praying for this year. There might be a whole lot of things that we can't do this year for various reasons, but one thing we can always do is pray. And prayer is not hindered by lockdowns or traffic lights. It's not hindered by our masks, not hindered by vaccines, not hindered by situations or anything. The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians to pray continually in all situations. So this year, why don't we choose one person that we are going to pray continually for. 
someone in your life who doesn't yet know Jesus. Don't just choose a person. Ask God to give you a name because the Holy Spirit knows who is ready to be receptive to the gospel, who he's been working in, who he's already been working in. It could be a family member or a friend, a co-worker, but ask God to highlight someone that you can pray for. And then when he does, pray continually for that person. Add a new perspective to your life that you have a part to play in reaching that person. Declare salvation over their life and then ask God for opportunities for conversations about faith to come up. Band, if you would like to come and join me. You know, I recently had the privilege of leading someone to Jesus. And it's been so encouraging to see the new joy in their life. To see the the wonder in their eyes as they learn the things of God for the very first time. And I'll admit that after being a follower of Jesus for a while, it can be easy to take the gospel for granted. It can be easy to take for granted the things that God has done with us, but when you see the gospel working in its power as the Holy Spirit transforms someone's life, as you see people come home to the arms of the Father, boy, does that put a fire in your heart to see the next person get saved. And then the next person, man, does that shift your perspective on what life should truly be about. I don't want to meander through life, work my job, make some money, raise my family, and then head off to heaven. I want to pour my life out for the greatest cause that anyone could be a part of. I want to thrive through life. Yes, I want to make some money so that I can be a blessing to the kingdom of God and his people. I want to raise my family in the ways of him and see them love God and serve him wholeheartedly. And I want to get to heaven one day. But when I get there, I want to have a party with all of the people that I had a privilege of playing a part and seeing them come to know Jesus. Come on, it is time to refocus our perspective on the mission that God has called us to, that your life can have an eternal impact in this world. That there is a world going to a Christless eternity and we have the answer. We carry the hope. God wants a church passionately on mission, passionate about reaching people with his love and his grace. Don't just turn up to work and do your job and go home again. Turn up to work to do your job, but go there as an ambassador for Jesus Christ. Go there knowing you have another job, another assignment from a boss who is far greater than any other. Go there with a different perspective and bring hope into that place. And that just doesn't apply to your workplace, that's your family, your sports team, wherever it is, God has placed you. It's not easy. We weren't promised an easy road, but we were promised strength for the journey. And that's why we need good routines of rest, where we spend time with Jesus Because spending time with him is not only refreshing, it will keep your spirit excited about what he is doing in this world through his church and through your life. It aligns my perspective back to the way that God sees things. If you are able, would you stand with me both here and over in the chapel?
And wherever you are right now, would you just close your eyes and bow your heads? If you're at home, you can join in with this as well. I want us to take 30 seconds to ask God for a name. Ask God to give you someone that He wants you to be praying for this year. And when you've got that name, would you simply just open up your arms as if you're lifting that person up before Jesus? We'll just take 30 seconds or I'll stop talking for you to think that through with the Lord. Lord, you know every person on people's hearts right now. And Lord, as a church family, we lift them up to you, knowing you had them on your heart long before we ever did. You made them. You love them. You have a plan for them. You died on the cross for them. And Lord, right now, we declare salvation over their lives in Jesus' name. We say, come home in the name of Jesus. Where there are walls that have been put up to keep you out, we tear them down in the mighty name of Jesus. We tear down any stronghold, any obstacle that has put itself up to the gospel. We tear it down through the blood of Jesus Christ. Lord, where there are those who have once known you but have walked away, we ask that you remind them of their first love for you. Help them to see the error of their ways and call them home to your loving arms. Holy Spirit, would you work in their lives? Prepare the way. You are the way maker, the miracle worker. What might seem impossible for us is possible with you. Lord, I pray you would give us the courage to have bold conversations, to see them through your eyes, not shy away from the hope that we carry. Give us eyes to see and ears to hear. Help us to see and face situations with an eternal perspective. Remind us of the eternal impact that our lives can have. We thank you, Lord. We're gonna sing a song now called Breakthrough. And I want us to continue to declare breakthrough over those people's lives. Whatever name, whoever that person is, God has put in your heart. As we sing this song, you're singing this as a declaration over their life, that there will be breakthrough in their life. The Holy Spirit will move, chains will be broken, and we'll see them come home to their Father in their loving relationship with Jesus. Let's sing together.